All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to another edition of The Less Stressed Life, where we teach exhausted and burnt out adults the truth about adrenal fatigue so that they can get their health back quickly. And I believe this is round three uh, for The Less Stressed Stress Life podcast. Uh, I'm joined here with a special guest, Carrie Jones. I think by now, like I told everyone knows who Carrie Jones is. <laughs> it's a real privilege for having her here. But just in case you don't, she's an adjunct professor, professor at the NNU. UNM regularly consults, lectures, and writes on the topics of hormones, thyroids, adrenals, digestive issues, autoimmune, and more both nationally and internationally. She is the medical director at Precision Analytical, the world's leading laboratory in dried urine hormone testing. And she's one cool, awesome um, practitioner, <laughs> friend, and colleague. So Carrie, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate oh, your time. Joe, I'm glad we got to reconnect and, and make it happen. I always have a good time talking to you on your podcast. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I thank you and I appreciate it. I, I'm watching all your social media and you've really crossed that next barrier of just showing who you are, you know, and <laughs> I always remember one of the very first conference that I um, heard you speak and you mentioned in a really diplomatic way about talking to some of the women about difficult uh, hormone questions that they may be having and, you know, not wanting that little hair on the chin there. And just you have a really great sense of humor and down to earth nature about you. So why don't you give us a little update on sort of what's new for you in terms of um, where your interests lay now in terms of understanding when women and men, for that matter, mm -hmm. are overwhelmed or have all of these environmental triggers and, and challenges with balancing out their hormone. And now the Dutch test has so many tools to be able to uh, give practitioners insight on how they can manage this. Where does that leave you in terms of what you're seeing or what you're doing, or just kind of give us a little springboard to what's new in the life of Dr. Carrie Jones. Well, I will say it's funny that with your tagline of, you know, helping burned out individuals in um, earlier 2021. So I want to say in the March timeframe, actually, I'll just back up all the way into 2020. By the end of 2020, I was completely done and burned out. And I say that I, I was very lucky and that I maintained my job. And uh, because everything shifted to online, I wasn't traveling like I used to, but the whole world went to global education, right? Online education. And I um, was working nonstop for many, many, many months about hormone education. And in our field, because we couldn't travel or we couldn't go to conferences, um, and a lot of people had a lot of time to be at home on their computer watching, watching educational events. Um, I was just going. And so by the time December hit, one, it, I mean, it was a pandemic, which was stressful in itself. Um, and then two, I was working all the time and I hit maximum burnout. And I say this as the medical director of a lab that tests cortisol and hormones, right? And so I had been telling people on my social media that I was, you know, having bad days. I was tired. I was feeling burnt out, did a Dutch test. And lo and behold, of course, my cortisol, not only was my cortisol low, my free cortisol, but I was, um, the enzyme that preferentially deactivates cortisol. So makes it inactive was upregulated, meaning I was a deactivator. So not only did I not make very much cortisol, I don't think I was also deactivating what I had. Basically my body was like, excuse me, 
you're burning the candle at both ends. You are not listening. So we're going to make you tired. Sorry. And I was doing all the things I knew I was taking my supplements and I was, you know, mixing up meditation or breath exercises. I maintained exercise, um, through the pandemic. Um, we were lucky where we live. We have this beautiful backyard. And so much of spring, summer, fall, we, I was allowed to be outside, even if we weren't allowed to go to stores and restaurants and what have you. And still it didn't matter. It was, it was my own. I had to get some mindset boundary stuff dealt with to handle, um, the, the burnout. And when I posted the results, I'm very much an open book in a lot of ways. And I posted my results to show people. And of course, everyone's like, what did you take? What did you take? What supplement did you take? And I was like, well, I took a few, I shifted a few things around, but I said, it honestly had nothing to do with supplements and everything to do with me. I was the problem. I was, I'm a type A overachieving, take on too much perfectionistic person. And I took it to the nth degree. And so I had to work on me and my boundary setting and mindset and, you know, priorities and what have you. And so it was a really good experience for me to go. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, I was deficient in ashwagandha or I was deficient in B12 or I was deficient in whatever, you know, CoQ10. It was, those things are very helpful and thank goodness we have them. But a lot of it was my own personal work that I had to do. And as I laid that out for people, a lot of comments, a lot of DMs of folks who were like, dang it, <laughs> I'm taking the supplements, but I'm not really doing the work. Like I'm not paying attention to the day-to-day -day or my mindset or what's happening or um, like, I, I don't want to go there. I can't go there. It's too hard to go there. I'm, I'm struggling to go there, but okay, <laughs> you're probably right. In, in, for, a, for a lot of folks, obviously not everybody, that doesn't apply to everybody, but um, it was a very good perspective for me. So it was like an insight springboard and what's been going on since we last talked. Uh, so now I have better boundaries. <laughs> I did some mindset personal work. I had a couple coaches that I worked with that I hired and worked with to help me get through. And, and 2021 has been much, much better, that's for sure. But I just want everyone to know that even the medical director of a hormone lab is not immune. Like <laughs> we're vulnerable too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm glad you had those, those smack in the wall roadblocks in life to have you come up for air and, mm -hmm. and get the smelling salts under your nose to all these analogies to stop being the shoemaker with major holes in your shoes. You know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's, that's what you're saying. But yeah. I think a couple of things where I, I, I don't know, you probably see this shift too, Carrie, in terms of since COVID, and since education and research, as bad as things get worse, as good as things get better, mm -hmm. I think we're moving towards that in the integrative functional world of not mindset per se, mm -hmm. but the intangibles, the glue, the, the self-love or the boundaries or the saying no, or being able to understand how these variables that don't show up in a supplement bottle or on a lab test make those or potentiate those for working or not working in your in yeah. your favor would yeah. you agree on that you're seeing yeah that? and i would say a lot of people not everyone but i got a lot of just anecdotal feedback from people who were saying i'm realizing what's important you know the pandemic made me realize 
what what I what truly deserved my attention, what truly deserved my, you know, focus. Did I really care about that? And it also made me realize that things I could give zero Fs about, like, you know, like wasn't important. I should stop stressing. There are bigger things in this world worth stressing about, worth worrying about. And so, um, and I'm not, I mean, I think the pandemic, which is obviously still part, you know, going on to some degree. And it's, it's, I'm not saying it wasn't hard. It was extremely hard. But the, it made the whole world pivot and shift. And, um, and I just got that in my comments and the DMs of people being like, you know, like either their job or where they live or they would focus back on family. I heard that over and over and over again. Or somebody's personal health, uh, focusing back on their personal health. Because now they weren't giving out all the time, right? Pre-pandemic, we could go out. We could, we could travel. We were working. Like everything, we had appointments. We had practice. Like everything was out and when we got everything got on lockdown, everything was in. And so people started to look around and go, well, dang, what is important? Like, what do I want to maintain? And, and what am I, what do I want to give up? And so I saw that a lot in my comments. No, it's, it's excellent that that happens. And it's hard. Like we talked about earlier, it's frustrating when you get those counter comments, like, well, what about, you know, what's the magic pill to, yeah. to fix this? And then there's that education process. But one thing that I think you, I would love to ask you in terms of, you mentioned that on your Dutch test that you did, or the test that you tested mm -hmm. your own hormones, not only were potentially your, your HPA axis or your total cortisol that you're producing for the day was low, but actually that was fine. So that's how high. I knew I made okay. cortisol. My, so right. my total cortisol was fine. My free was low, right? so I could make it, I couldn't keep it as free. And so I knew, and then we, we, we check, uh, we give you an indicator of that enzyme and it turns out I was a deactivator. Right, right. So, so thank you for correcting me. So that that's not always going to be the case, just because mm -hmm. you're deactivating that cortisol doesn't mean you're not making it. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I tell people, number one, is it's just not as easy as I did a saliva test, and it was high, I need mm -hmm. to take serine or phosphatase. I did a saliva test, it was low, and I need to take licorice root or these nutrients. It's, there's a lot of pathways that are involved. And one of the things that I've seen with what we're talking about on your test is you have that total that you produce for the day for that given mm -hmm. period metabolized. And I look at that as more of the, the glandular function or the brain's need for the, the hormone. Um, but then you have that mind body disconnect, which I tell people like basically at the day, like your, your mind may say yes, but your body definitely says no, and you're not yeah. able to, and your eyes are bigger than your stomach. And one of the ways that I think the Dutch test captures that so nicely is in that deactivation of that cortisol. I tell people, it's like the army sergeant that says, Hey, these troops need to go back into, um, into reserves because, mm -hmm. Either were it's just your your troops your your sergeant knows the terrain of the body mm -hmm. and needs to preserve the troops in times of crises or just knows what's best for the body versus us trying to micromanage it per se mm -hmm. and and not trying to overcome that. But bottom line is is I think that what's so great about that Dutch test is it shows a disconnect between what the brain wants the adrenals to do. Right and what the, the cells of the body systemically want the adrenals to do. So maybe kind of give us some insight on that because it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't, people listening to this that are exhausted and burnt out, 
may not have any clue deactivation. What, what right. is that? What, why, what is, what's going on there? Right. So the body makes cortisol first and foremost, that's, and free cortisol is what's active, binds to receptors, turns them on, does the things. However, cortisol is potent, powerful. It's a, it can be a bully to a lot of receptors. And so the body is smart and it puts this enzyme. I don't know who names these things, but the enzyme is called 11 beta HSD two and 11 beta HSD two deactivates cortisol. It turns it off. And when it turns it off, it magically turns into cortisone. So a lot of you are familiar with hydrocortisone cream and you might think to yourself, hydrocortisone cream, I have that for bug bites and poison ivy and whatnot. Believe it or not, hydrocortisone is actually cortisol. It's a naming thing. When you put the hydro in front of it, it's a fake out. Hydrocortisone cream, when you put it on your bug bites and your poison ivy, that's cortisol. Take the hydro off, just plain old cortisone, totally inactive, dead in the water. So if you have a lot of cortisol in whatever places of the body, certain like your kidneys don't like a lot of cortisol, your sweat glands don't like a lot of cortisol, your intestines don't like a lot of cortisol. So to protect you, it'll turn it off if, if it's getting too much. But if you are burning the candle at both ends and you kind of have a lot of cortisol basically coming at the system all the time, the body's like, you know what? This is annoying. You need to stop right now. And it basically turns off the cortisol into cortisone. So you don't have a choice but to listen. You start to feel more tired and more burned out. And you don't have the um for the motivation maybe that you used to. Now, we are humans. And a lot of humans can power through. They can mind over matter. They're like, even though I'm tired, I'm still going to accomplish these all these things. But the body says... Don't do it. Don't do it because you are pushing, pushing, pushing like a hamster on a wheel and we need to turn off the hamster wheel. So in my case, I had been pushing for close to a year. And when I did my test, it turns out my body was deactivating. It was basically telling me to slow down and go back to the reserves. And so you're right. There are supplements that can reactivate. But by reactivating, would I have solved any of my problems? No, because I, if I was still a hamster on the wheel and you're just like, it, it's the equivalent of like just IVing up a hamster and pumping them through a full of caffeine um, or cocaine or like cortisol, like just straight, you know, stimulants, eventually the hamster's going to completely, completely burn out and fall off the wheel. So it's the same. If you're just taking supplements to reactivate yourself, but you continue to do the things that are burning you out in the first place, you continue to push and push and push, then you have a problem. So when I saw it on paper, I knew what I was doing. Of course, I'm intelligent. But when I saw it on paper, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll slow down. I guess I'll listen. I will guess I'll stop being the hamster on the wheel and take care of myself. Supplements help. I'm not saying don't do supplements. They absolutely help. But again, the supplements are only as good as are your habits. So if you are a hamster on a wheel and you won't stop, the supplements aren't going to save you. Yeah, no, I think there is an art to interpreting a test on what it's actually telling you and, and, and asking the carry or the person what's mm -hmm. going on. 
And in your case, you really were not listening to your body. Your body was deactivating the cortisol, but your brain was powering through and wanting to continue to do things. And you needed the ability to look at that and say, oh, okay, I need to, if my cells at the cellular level know that it's too catabolic and too, too much impact on me, then I got to listen to my body. So mm-hmm. that's a great, great marker on there. The, the other thing I would say on that as well, though, is that the art of interpreting the test means, well, we could give you licorice root to mm-hmm. decrease that half-life or, or increase the half-life. Increase. Mm-hmm. Had a little spill. Got excited <laughs> with that. We were increasing. I know. Half- we're increasing half-lives yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, that was exciting. So, so as far as when may I ask from a clinical perspective, when would you tell the body that maybe not so much it's inappropriate, but we want to give you a little more oomph out of the half-life so it doesn't deactivate? Or is that even a thing, Carrie, that people would want to modulate that short term at least for any? Yeah. Yeah. What would oh yeah. They can absolutely, I mean, definitely. Um, if they're doing, if they're doing the things um to to get themselves off the wheel at the same time they're taking the supplement fantastic because you're really addressing the cause while just adding a little band-aid of a supplement to help give you some more oomph but what i don't like because they're just going to burn out even harder it's the people who won't get off the wheel or won't do anything about the wheel and they're just like just tell me the supplement just give me the supplement give me the link to the supplement i'll just take the supplement but you're not addressing it. Like it's not going to help. It may help for a week or two, but it's, it's definitely, you're going to feel just as bad. And then you're going to come right back at me and go, that was crap. That supplement didn't work. I feel terrible. I'm like, I know you didn't do anything. (laughs) You were just trying to shortcut your issues based on these lab results. This is why when I saw my own lab results, I was a huge wake up call, not huge, but I was like, dang it. There it is in in print, right. And colorful print that licorice wasn't going to save me. Licorice wasn't my problem. A lack of licorice, I didn't have licorice deficiency. It's not what I had. What I had was an overachieving type A hamster on the wheel problem. And that's what I had to stop or address or reevaluate. Right. I didn't actually take licorice to be honest, but a lot of people do in that case. Um, Would have just been a nice bonus to help just get some more oomph back for some people. Um, but I, I didn't need the li- licorice isn't what I needed. Right. I I mean, you, could tri- you could triage it perhaps short term. Like I got a, I got major meetings coming up. The in-laws are coming. I need a little bit of energy, whatever it is, but with the understanding, but I'll add to the frustration from the practitioner side of things or for your social media followers. Cause I get this too is, that's based on objective real-time labs if the person's done it. But what about the person? Well, my cortisol is high. I need to lower it or my cortisol. And I asked, well, how do you know your cortisol is high? I just know it's high. And then, so there's that. And then I always say supplement companies get greedy because they try to put adaptogens in, in there where it may modulate um, either way, but then they'll have ones that will lower it and raise it or preserve it at the same time, right? So now they're pulling in both directions. And I say, that's not going to solve the problem anyways, right? right? Because so that is definitely frustrating for sure. And 
there are cases when people need to keep their head above water. And I fully respect that. I mean, I had a lot of patients in practice who maybe they were going through a divorce or maybe they were about to have a big move or they were finishing a program and they were like, I literally can't change my life, but I need to keep my head above water for the next two weeks, two months, whatever it is just to keep going. And then I can start to make changes. I'm like, all right, in that case, Supplements are a great band-aid, but I always told them the same thing. I'm like, I'm putting a little more money into your checking account, but when you drain it back to zero again, like we're back to zero. So like the supplements aren't going to carry you for the rest of your life. I mean, we, they can help keep your head above water in the short term, but it is truly in the short term. You, you still have to, we still have to recognize that at some point you're going to have to make some changes, whatever that looks like. And I found in the pandemic, it was a classic example. I, you know, a lot of people were getting on their, making sure they take their supplements regularly, taking adaptogens regularly. And they would say, is it, is it bad? You know, is, is it, is this problematic? I'm like, just make sure you're taking care of yourself in at the same time. In a lot of ways, the pandemic was keeping your head above water. We had a lot of restrictions. We had a lot of shutdown. We had a lot of fear, a lot of things we couldn't do. There was a lot of illness. There was a lot of death. There was a lot of job loss and monetary loss. And so I'm like, let's just keep your head above water. Absolutely. But when you can, when you can, it's, you're going to have to make some changes. Yeah. No, we talked about that earlier, like tripping over dollars to save pennies. Or exactly. You mentioned in terms of giving you a little bit of extra income. But the real, the real success, I'm sure you would agree, is in lowering the overhead, obviously, right? So yeah. if we could lower that overhead, now you ha- you've saved or you salvaged or you have extra disposable income that you didn't have before. So that's where we talk about lifestyle behavioral modifications. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where I'm really excited to talk to you now about, because I know you're really getting into that as well. We talked mm-hmm. about the continual glucose monitor and blood mm-hmm. sugar. So what are the yeah. different strategies with that being included that saves on the overhead that people can be empowered to, to do so that they don't have to micromanage the deactivation per se? Right. And I'll tell you, I'm all about the free, cheap and easy. I'm all about the free, cheap and easy. And so, you know, people will see things out. They'll see, like we were talking about um, prior to going live, we were talking about like environmental toxins and people will see the big $300, $600 air filter. And they're like, gosh, I, I can't, you know, I don't know that I can pay for the $600 air filter. I'm like, well, don't start with the air filter. Why don't we start by just getting rid of the candles in your house, right? Like, why don't we start by when you run out of your cleaning agent that you switch to a brand that's that's actually truly a clean brand. So start with the $8.99 spray that's better and getting rid of your candles or finding clean burning candles as opposed to candles full of fragrance, that fake fragrance. Um, when it off gases, when it releases into the air and you breathe it in, it's causing all sorts of problems with your endocrine system. Let's get rid of the tree hanging in your car to make it smell like leather or a Hawaiian Island or whatever it's making you smell like, you know, like, so these, these free, cheap and easy things, when you run out of deodorant, let's find a clean version. When you run out of lipstick, let's find one that doesn't have lead in it. When you run out of shampoo, let's switch to one that has like that's sodium lauryl sulfate free. That's paraben free. Like let's fragrance free or, you know, uses full on true essential oils. Um, and so, but even then you have to make sure your essential oils are good. So it's these like baby steps that I'm a hundred percent on board with for people. When they ask me if they should spend a thousand dollars on a, on a water filter, I'm like, you can, if that fits your budget, if that fits your budget, but let's try some other stuff. Why don't we 
first start with maybe you mean they mean any kind of water filter helps the Brita. I mean, it's not great, but it's a start. And that's where you can afford a $30 Brita that fits in your budget. Start there and drink out of glass. Don't drink out of plastic, right? In or switch, switch out your um, plastic containers for glass. You can you can find them really pretty inexpensively at Amazon or Walmart or even in like like um, like Goodwill and stuff, you know, just just be you you can make it to fit your budget instead of heating in plastic and now you're getting the plastics which is an endocrine disruptor stop using saran wrap that plastic wrap switch to parchment paper so again these little these these little things um and then we go up the tier so then you can get a more expensive water filter fit your budget you can get an air filter getting the cgm the continuous glucose monitor which is not about environmental toxins but is about continuous health monitoring you know if it fits in your budget and a lot of them, I think in the next five years, I think they're going to be like Advil. I think we're going to find them really easy to come by, really inexpensive. I know in other countries, they're like 20 to $40. You can get them in a pharmacy. You don't need a prescription. My friends in, in London are like, oh yeah, we just pop in the pharmacy and get one. I'm like, aren't you cool? So whereas here in the States, you have to have a prescription. But having that information about how the food you're eating is spiking your glucose and subsequently your insulin will give you feedback on like, oh, when I ate that ice cream, my sugar went way up and then it crashed way down. It looked like a big spiky mountain. And now I'm tired. Huh? Maybe I shouldn't do that because that big spike caused the crash. And now I feel tired and I brain fog and I'm not motivated. I feel kind of bloated. And so it gives you that immediate health feedback, which is so nice. And so that's why I like, um, in working with what you can control, uh, that there's just like you said, don't trip over dollars just to pick up a penny. Like, like you, you don't have to, and in, in, in this case, go for the low hanging fruit, go for the stuff in your house, in your car, at your work, in your backyard, what you spray your backyard with that you can adjust to help your health. No, those are awesome. Free, cheap, and easy. I think a lot of the time people have major challenges with addressing some of the elephants in the rooms mm -hmm. in terms of the, the opening up old wounds or post-traumatic mm -hmm. stressors or bad relationships or bad jobs. And it's a hard thing to, to overcome, but yeah. there has to be, like you said, behavioral changes and approaching and modulating, diminishing, accepting, what, whatever it may be. And that's not going to be found in a supplement bottle for sure. I, I would agree. So, but you mentioned earlier, because I think this is one of my ahas with my CGM is we do focus or the continual glucose monitor. We focus on the foods, which we should. I think we should understand what particular foods cause a bigger rise of your, of your glucose than other ones. But one of the things that really was an aha for me, Carrie, was I already have a pretty long day as it is. I ate, I get home late, I, I leave early, and then I have a later dinner. And then when I get consumed with work, I'll be on the computer still like at 8, 10, 30, 11. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, and then I looked at my, <laughs> I ate at like eight o'clock and I'll look at my CGM and because I'm responding to emails and not even going down the slippery slope of EMFs and insulin relationships, but my glucose was like at 148 and I had a low dent and I was like, wow, like yeah. I need to turn it off. It's yeah. time 
turn it off. So I think that's a huge, any ahas that you've had besides yeah. glucose. Yeah. <laughs> I was yell. I was in the car and I was, yeah, I was super mad and I, I was by myself and I was yelling in the car or I was externally processing and I was yelling and it was about a 20 minute drive. I had checked my glucose prior to getting in the car. And by the time I got to the place I was going, I thought, I'm going to check my glucose and see how it was. And it went up 30 points because my body was like, oh, she must be fighting. She must be ready to fight. I'm going to increase her glucose so she can have it for her brain and in her skeletal muscles so she can fight whatever she's going to fight and protect herself. I I was fighting like myself, right? I was having this conversation out loud to externally process something but there was nothing in front of me. I wasn't actually going to go or run or punch or do anything. And so now my glucose is 30 points higher in my bloodstream and I'm not going to use it. Right. So it, and and this is where I'm like, Oh my gosh, imagine all the people who live their day like this all the time. They have chronic stressors, chronic fight or flight triggers all the time. And on top of it, they don't have like a release to burn off their blood sugar, so to speak, right? They're maybe not as, they're not as active as they could be. They're not as mobile as they, they want to be. And so they're not able to sort of burn up and use up this glucose. And it leads to their increased risk for metabolic syndrome and cardiovascular disease. And, you know, it just perpetuates the stress cycle. And so that was a really big uh, eye opener for me that when I do get heated because I'm emotional before I'm logical that it's affecting my blood sugar and I should probably bring it back. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big aha for sure. I, I know that one of the things that I teach the clients that I work with is to use the CGM first and foremost, but I find that for me, one of the other things that works very well is getting a little bit of movement after mm-hmm. a meal to be able to bring, get that sensitivity. It's amazing yeah. when I have an exercise and I start contracting my muscles, how much more respondent my my receptors are to insulin for number one. But to, to tie back, how does that have to do with adrenals? Just to tie back, well, what does blood sugar have to do with that cortisol? Maybe explain yeah. to our listeners why we would use CGM glucose yeah. for cortisol. If, let's put it this way, if glucose had a resume and on its resume, the very first thing was like its top skill. What is it good at? Uh, cortisol's wait, did I say glucose? I meant cortisol. If cortisol had a resume, the top skill it's good at is managing glucose. That's its number one job. Everyone thinks cortisol is about stress. Um, like it, it is a large general term or, oh my gosh, cortisol makes me gain belly fat. But the why and the how is that it manages glucose. So cortisol is a glucocorticosteroid. That's the family it falls under. Gluco because glucose is the number one thing. So when your cortisol goes up, then your body breaks down uh, glucose for you and makes it available into your bloodstream, primarily for your brain, but also of course for other things so that you can deal with, handle with, be prepared for whatever's in front of you. It's a normal, natural event that is supposed to happen, but it's supposed to be short-lived. It's supposed to be, I'm going, I'm scared or I have to fight something. I have to run. I need to run and protect myself. The body's like, I got you. 
I'm going to give you some glucose. I'm going to put it to your brain so you can think this through. I'm going to give it to your muscles so you can turn around and run away and then it will be done. You'll have used it up. But what happens is like me in the car, we get mad at our phone. We get mad at our boss. We get mad at an email. We get mad at the news. We get mad at mail. We get mad at our kids and we're not actually going to burn it up, fight, run away, do something. And so it, the high cortisol aspect of it can, can contribute to, again, that metabolic syndrome, diabetes, obesity conundrum that a lot of people find themselves in. Now, on the flip side, if you have low cortisol, you're going to struggle to deal with your glucose because if your cortisol is always sort of kind of low, then when the demand is there to have glucose, it's just not going to be what you want or maybe kind of erratic. And now you may find yourself hypoglycemic. So that brain fog, hangry, tired, especially in between meals. And so by improving your blood sugar, you will improve your cortisol. By improving your cortisol, you will naturally improve your glucose by getting everybody kind of balanced out where they need to be. So they are bestie friends and go hand in hand. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, like you said, I, I'd like to see that day where the continual glucose monitors are going to be available for that because right yeah. now the paradigm is what you eat and controlling your blood sugar and not really thinking about what we've just mentioned in terms mm -hmm. of your stressors or your inactivity or how long you're under your Wi-Fi for or when you exercise and controlling all those variables to modulate the sugar handling, which is ultimately going to pay the overhead mm -hmm. of the adrenal. So yep. yeah, yeah. That's, that's and cool. I agree. I see, I learned about taking a walk after meals a couple years ago and, um, it helps to have a dog. My dog is very regimented. And so he likes walks at, you know, kind of around like mid morning after lunch and for sure after dinner. And so having the CGM on, I can see a big difference. I can eat I can eat uh, high carb, high sugar, you know, I can just blow it. And if I go for a walk, if I go for a 10 or 20 minute walk, even with a blood sugar starting to climb, it will blunt it and it will start to pull it because I'm using it. I'm utilizing the glucose from whatever I've chosen to eat that day or that for, for that, for that meal. And so it doesn't have to be a high stakes hit exercise, literally walking my dog 10 or 20 minutes will pull my blood sugar back um, appropriately a lot of the time, which, and how, how free, cheap and easy is that, right? Go, go for a 10 or 20 minute walk if you can. And it, it accounts, people say, well, if I walk around my house, yep. You want to know how many people start taking business calls while walking, while walking their house, the inside of their house, you know, people say, does it count if I'm on a treadmill? Totally. Yep. If it's raining outside and you do 10 or 15, 20 minutes on your treadmill, and I'm not saying speed walk, you don't have to like, you know, win the Olympics on it, just go for a walk. It helps. Yeah. And if you contrast that to what's going on in the world, I don't want to get political and everything that's going on, but we it, public health in my mind and, and the preventative model and the educating model is out the window these yeah. days. It's yeah. not even part of the policy. Yeah. What we're talking about is really common sense stuff. Yeah. Right. It, driven and, by science, driven by, by science and data. 
you know, if you know, if you've got a, if you're checking your blood sugar and I have, you don't have to have a CGM on your arm to know this. Like I have so many diabetics who just prick their finger or I have type one diabetics and they all said, they're like, we were taught that years ago. Like we all know, Mike, our, my endocrinologist taught me that, or my pharmacist said to do that. I mean, not that they do it or it's, but I, I have definitely heard this over the years from, from people way prior to CGM, like that's, that this, the continuous glucose monitor is an amazing tool, but if you, if that's not in your budget or you can't get it, you can still go for a walk. It will still work. Right. You can still be aware of what you would have learned if you had it and yeah. implement those strategies anyways. Yeah. But what I was going to mention with just the whole isolation is not conversing, not moving, not engaging and how that has that, I guess the I won't even say the the natural law effect of yeah. adding more cortisol or yeah. dysregulating more your blood sugar, causing you. Now, what's the relationship carry between that and immune health? So why would I? Be well, yeah. and let me back up just to say the social isolation. We all know um, we have the fight or flight system and then we have the rest and digest system, right? Part of our of our of our body. But we also have, um, as part of it, we have a freeze, right? So we have fight, flight, freeze, rest and digest. And so freeze is literally, uh, it's a very old, they call it like a reptilian response. And um, it's, it's, it's the response that people get where they like play dead. They disassociate. They can't handle it. They shut down. And you can go into flight. You can be constantly in and out of fight, or flight and eventually it's too much and then you just start freezing and 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 you know you don't want to get off the couch and you don't want to interact and you don't want to do it you just you just can't you just can't you just literally you just find yourself being like I just can't I can't do this I mean think of the animals who play dead right like my dog picked up a frog or a lizard and it just like goes limp in its mouth I'm like oh that's the freeze response because it's hoping if the dot my dog thinks it's dead it's not fun to play with it'll drop it and leave it alone humans can do this too. So the freeze response and the fight flight response are best managed by social activity and social interaction. That's what research is showing social. So it's, and it doesn't have to be, um, like an extrovert thing. It's, it's the interaction with the person, person at the grocery store because they smile at you and they make eye contact with you. But now we can't see smiles anymore. Those States who still have masks mandates and, and for all of last year, it's the hug that you give your family when you see them or getting together sometimes with your friends socially, however that looks like. And so when you get the social aspect of either somebody you just friendly at the store or somebody who you care about and love, that helps can help routinely pull you out of freeze, fight or flight. This is what they're showing. Um, it's not a perfect world, because, but it's extremely helpful. Now you put a world in a pandemic and you tell everyone you have to stay home and there's, you can't go out when you go out, you have to wear a mask and you like, don't look at anyone, don't touch anyone, stay six feet from everyone. And which I understand, however, and it applies to this, this theory, it's called the, the polyvagal theory. Um, now, a lot of people have moved more into this freeze state or they get more triggered into the fight or flight. They're, they're more triggered into stress because they don't have their family and their friends and their neighbors. And, you know, the thing like they couldn't get their hair done. So they couldn't talk to their hairdresser or their barber. You know, like, they couldn't even like like even little things like go see their dentist. And again, like their dentist isn't their best friend, but it was a friendly interaction. 
when you walk in, they say, hi, you know, like you talk to your dentist or your doctor or your eye doctor or whatever it is. And it's, it's these little friendly interactions that happen throughout the day. And that's what helps ground humans. And we lost it for a year. And so that alone, um, when you mentioned that, I was like, oh yeah, that's, it's going to affect, it is affecting, not going to, it is affecting, the statistics are showing it's affecting people. It's why people are desperate for the world to open back up again. And they want, right. And they want, they want to, they want to be able to see and hug and hang out with groups and gatherings larger than four, larger than 10, larger than 20, because we need as humans, we need that interaction. It, to some degree, every human's different, but that's what keeps us out of freeze. And right. so- yeah. And also too, I, I think that the you're, there's a cinder, a Goldilocks zone for everything. Like we yeah. need a certain amount of stress, right? We need to mm-hmm. be able to be adaptive. Uh, we don't want it on all the time, but in this instance, we don't want to completely remove and not stress our body whatsoever. Right. You know, that old adage of just building your immune system in the sandbox, wh- whatever, whatever yeah. happened to that. So, yeah. but that, that's sort of what I was getting at, Carrie, is if we're not in balance in terms of the Goldilocks zone and we have a freeze response and we have just maladaptive stress yeah. response, what is that tie into the immune system? Why oh yeah, that- it just carries right over to the immune system because our immune cells are responsive and reactive to all of those things. Um, our immune cells, even just an autoimmune, our, our internal, the cells that we make behind our chest bone here in our thymus gland, um, our body is really intelligent. So when it makes immune cells for us, it makes sure they're not autoimmune. And so it runs it by basically a fact checker here behind our thymus gland and says, Hey, if you, you know, are you autoimmune? And if you are, if the body accidentally created an autoimmune cell, then it has to get destroyed because the body's like, well, we can't have autoimmune. That's bad. And one of the things that helps trigger the destruction is the rise in cortisol in the morning. Well, if you don't have a rise in cortisol, a healthy rise, if you're flatlined, if you're low, if you're, you know, really tired and burned out then you are at more risk for autoimmune. And even if you have autoimmune, you're more at risk for progression. And so it's these like little, it's like a spider web. If you plunk one end of the spider web, the whole spider web vibrates. And it's the same, if you plunk part of the cortisol system, it's gonna affect everything all the way over to your immune system. And, uh, you know, we kind of need our immune system. It's kind of important. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting now, like when you now when I'm thinking you're saying all this, and then the art of interpreting a hormone test, like mm-hmm. the Dutch test, and seeing all these things seeing, hey, there's no awakening response, we know that's problematic for immune dysregulation, your free is, is very low, we're deactivating mm-hmm. it, there's a disconnect between your mind and your body, your metabolizes is, is okay. But when we look at your sex hormones, we see that your estrogen may be low or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you can start to actually build a customized recovery strategy that is so much more than just licorice root or, (laughs) or things that, you you know, yeah, modulate that. So awesome information. Carrie, as far as I guess I get us throw a, another just ending question in terms of what would be your, I usually ask if, what would you tell the younger Carrie, if you didn't, if you knew what you knew now, what would you told her back then that would have helped you with your health, which I, I'm going to ask you that again, yeah. anyways, because yeah. you needed a slap in your 11 beta HSD face to know mm-hmm. that you were not, um, not listening to what your body was telling you. So yeah. 
I, I guess what would what would be some of the words of advice that you would have told yourself with you know so uh, I I think I said this last time like the way younger me I would have told to stop gluten back then um, right. I had right. the genes for celiac and so right. I was on gluten off gluten on gluten off gluten through through the years because out of for trial and different reasons and right. then when I found out I have the genetics for it I was like oh off gluten got it um, but I wish I would I should have told my younger self you know just go off of it it's gonna fix your skin it's gonna fix your hair it's gonna fix your allergies like it's going to fix everything just go off gluten right. suck it up right. um but the like recent past me uh i would have told um like hey you should really probably work with somebody about that high achieving type a perfectionistic thing um it's great like goldilocks like it's great in the day of the day to accomplish what I need to accomplish. But when I do, when I pull it, when I pull you, when I pull Joel and I'm still working at 1030 at night on my computer and I do it consistently because I have deadlines and everything, then I burn out. And so I would have told, you know, me in the last five to seven years, um, you're, you're, as you get older, you're, you are ex especially prone to burnout. So don't do it, <laughs> knock it off, set boundaries, take care of yourself build in vacation that you don't bring your computer. And, and that's what I'm having to learn as I get older. Yeah. Which, which you would think I would, like, I know, like I know intelligently no, but now it's like really hit home. No. Like, in your defense, though, Carrie, in your defense, there's so many opportunities to be overstimulated in so many different yeah. ways beyond any other time in history and era, yeah. you know, because that's our problem is we're so wide and not very deep. And we yeah. have so many plates that are spinning, spinning on a daily basis that we have to control. And I think the, the real wise words are having someone's outside eyes that is objective and isn't going to BS you and just say, Hey, look, knock it off. You have to do these things and having yeah. someone give you the insight because your sphere of excellence is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And, and, you, you know, someone can coach you or teach you how to use your faults or your tendencies to get into that Goldilocks yeah. zone for sure. So yeah. Awesome information. We all so need help. We all like, we're not all experts on everything. We all need help. Myself yeah, we all need to. Exactly. So we're, again, again, my audience probably knows you already, but some people may not. So how do we find out more about your social media and, and all the things you're doing? Um, Instagram is the greatest place to find me. I'm at dr.carryjones. And then um, of course, my website is drcarryjones.com or you can go to dutchtest.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I will post the notes and when I post it on my, on my socials and my media, so they'll be able to get link back to you. Um, Carrie, this is part three, part four, hopefully will not be a couple of years, maybe a year. and <laughs> uh, hopefully you'll be able to have your, your different places to get out of the cold weather and, and the rain yeah, and the rain. <laughs> I appreciate everything you do. And thank you so much for being here and sharing your wealth of information. Oh, Joe, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested to see if you're a good fit to work with our Adrenal Awakening program, here's what to do next. Head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, where exactly do you want to be with your health and where are you now? Number two, what are the genetic components that haven't been discovered that are impacting your health? And number three, 
What are the environmental triggers that may be overlapping with these genetic components keeping you from getting optimal health? Remember, getting your energy back just won't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make that happen. We've helped clients all over the world transform their lives, quadruple their energy, and fix their metabolism, and make the world a better place. To see if you can do the same thing, head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply. I'm Dr. Richard Joel Rosen, and we'll talk to you soon.